Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, we'll kind of blend this with our traditional format and a little bit of a instant reaction. Uh, we're certainly not going to dedicate uh, an instant reaction podcast to the spring game itself, but we'll uh, take away what we can from the game, uh, try to focus on what we saw in the game that also pairs uh, as kind of a confirmation of some of the other information that started to uh, come out as Florida State went through spring. So a uh, fantastic time yesterday, <clears throat> both being able to go to the game. Always fun to be back in Tallahassee and couldn't have had a better experience at uh, Madison Social yesterday. So thank you to them. Thank you to uh, uh, the pretty constant stream of listeners that we were able to interact with over a period of four hours or so. And uh, it, was, it was a great little synergy there. We had Shannon from Resolution Home Loans. Uh, Madison Social was the location and we're able to uh, give people a lot of Louisiana hot sauce koozies and uh, enjoy, a, enjoy a nice little afternoon as we uh, made our way into the spring game. Absolutely, man. It was a great time. Got to see a lot of listeners. Saw some people picking up those pint glasses. I, I got to check with Matt to see if we sold out. Uh, if we did and we have enough interest, maybe we'll make a, a second run uh, at them. But uh, very excited. It was, it was a fun time, man. The weather cooperated. Early in the day, it looked a little sketch. And, uh, and then it, it, it turned out to be a beautiful day. I, I don't think it got over 80 uh, the whole day. And uh, also thanks to Shannon's wife for coming out. Not going to use her name because we're not really sure if she if Shannon wants us uh, to do that. A lot of listeners to the podcast. Uh, but uh, uh, thanks to everybody who came out and uh, and, and had a good time there and, and saw a uh, somewhat encouraging spring game, I think. Uh, a spring game that uh, there are certainly some positives to take away uh, keeping in mind, of course, that it is uh, a a practice and b uh, just one of fifteen practices allowed by the NCAA in spring, so it's not you know it's only it's only one of fifteen in the sample set. Although for the fans, it's the only one they get to see, so it's one we'll treat with a little bit more uh, importance. Sure, um, you want to you want to just go position by position here. Do you want to talk about what you necessarily? saw from the game that might have uh, paired with with what we thought we were kind of seeing um, come about over spring. I, I think obviously the kind of the general overall top line had to do with just the want to see a offensive consistency, a right. offense that was capable. And uh, a lot of that was going to surround exactly as what type of tempo they played with, how they handled the tempo and, whether or not there were signs of a team that were moving into a second year of, of playing with Tippo, uh, we're a little bit more comfortable with it. And uh, I'll certainly let you give your opinion, but uh, it looked as though there were there were some signs that were that were positive. And again, we're not going to make too much out of anything, but uh, it did. If if that was something that you wanted to see, then I think you can reasonably kind of check that box from from what took place on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think just starting with you know, kind of let's go over the questions that we had. Uh, in the in the spring game preview, I, I can't believe we do a spring game preview, but the the show did good numbers. People listened to it, so <laughs> I guess we're gonna continue to do the spring game previews like every other year. Um, you're right; it, it looked more competent. Now I don't know about you, but I have a real hard time figuring out: is this coaching? Is it second year in a tempo spread system? Probably both. It's hard for me to figure out the proportion of credit to give to second year in, in the system. Because remember, last year was a pretty drastic change in terms of style and tempo and approach. Uh, and how much credit to give to the coaching for, for how much smoother everything looked. And, and it, it's 
Uh, it's important to note that we're talking about this because last year uh, was was bad at, at times, I mean, really bad at times, with things like substitutions and tempo and um, you know false start procedure penalties. I, I think they went. Uh, I think they only had one procedure penalty all afternoon in terms of false starts, uh, illegal motion, illegal shifts, things like that. Um, you know, formation penalties. Uh, one. Yeah, one from a, a kid that's four months on to be in campus. So uh, that is uh, something that you can take away from and, and have a, a slight amount of confidence. And they ran about 140 that, uh, directions headed the right way. Yeah, yeah think about absolutely. this. Like, like it's not just like a typical game. I mean. This is basically two offenses, right? Running double the number of plays. It, it gosh. It, now look, it's a spring game, so it should look pretty good as far as you know that kind of stuff because it's a controlled environment and uh, it's basically a practice, and there's no crowd to like yell about things, so you really shouldn't be false starting. Um, but it did look smoother it looked like guys knew what they were doing more they had a little bit more sense of purpose on offense um we should probably back up real quick because we did mention the crowd uh ingram announced attendance twenty seven thousand nine hundred and one. yeah uh certainly some some inflation there in my opinion as well but uh you know, there's there's certainly two trains of thought here. You can talk about the fact that uh, attendance doesn't matter and the fact that we had 59,000 or 61,000 uh, last year and didn't do anything for us. I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> but trust me, it, it'll be noted, and I'm not saying that it's a, a damning thing against coaching staff or anyone else. It'll just be noted by the people who are responsible for trying to find money that, um, you know, that, that'll be a little bit of a concerning number, not a, not a shocking one, but the fact that you had – you know, more than a 50% year-over-year erosion will, will uh, yeah, just something that won't go unnoticed, won't uh, won't be easily dismissed. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I'm not going to dwell on the attendance. Like, the event did not have the juice that last year had, but, uh, you know, last year there was a lot to celebrate, and uh, this year there was not. So that's kind of what happens. And, and to a lot of fans, Coach Taggart and his staff and his team are going to have to earn back their trust, and that, that's completely understandable. Um not trusting what you saw out there, I think, is is not as understandable. So I saw a little bit of that on Twitter, and it kind of confused me, uh, you know. Um, but I digress. We will move on. Uh, the tempo was uh, at least as fast as last year, uh, and uh, if, if not more. Uh, I think early in the game, they were pushing a really aggressive tempo, which is good to see. Uh, we know that is something that they have worked on a lot in spring, and, and I think it's important to note the tempo because of the fact that, yes, it would probably be easier to slow things down and make fewer mistakes, you know, procedure, formation, substitution stuff, but they didn't do that, right? They were pretty clean as far as those things at a high tempo. I like that they didn't really try to game the system like that, you know. I, I think maybe some of the, maybe the system was gamed a little bit in other areas, uh, which we'll discuss, but... Uh, but yeah, it, it just it did look cleaner. Um, another thing that we need to talk about, probably as far as how the offense looked different, and, and I wrote about this on on Tomahawk Nation. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that looks same, right? The splits, as we know, are still the same. That's not surprising because they came from uh, from Kendall Browse, you know, or from from Art Browse really at Baylor uh, for the quote unquote Gulf Coast offense. Um, a lot of quick hitters, a lot of play action. 
which is not surprising. Uh, this offensive line really can't pass protect in like regular pass protect situations. So you had a whole lot of whole lot of screens. Um, although they look better, I will say the uh, like we'll, we'll discuss that more in our little positional uh, hit coming up. But uh, a lot of quick hitters, a lot of play action, getting the ball out of their hands fast, and if not fast, doing things to make sure the defense was delayed in their rush uh, was 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 definitely an emphasis. Uh, one thing I picked up that I don't know if everybody picked up, and this isn't me, hey, I'm a genius or anything like that, but it's just I, something I watched. The double teams up front uh, were, I think, A, better than they were last year, and B, extremely purposeful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, to the point to where sometimes the guys would not come off their double teams, you know, and essentially like a, a backer would, would blow into the backfield at times. But – I, just the, the way they, they stuck with their double teams to, to be able to drive some guys off the ball uh, was – I think that was – there was some intentionality to that. And, and I asked Babyon Johnson about that. Um, and the audio I got from him is, is – like the, the sound quality on, on the recording is not very good. But he basically told me it's been a huge emphasis in the spring. Uh, they, they, they had to work on their double teams, and they, uh, they are not coming off – their guys until they drive somebody three yards downfield. And uh, I think that they're – what's the logical end to this, right? It's trying to get some movement so you can stay out of second and ten. You know, too often last year, uh, the line did not play together as a unit. It had poor technique. I mean, it also really lacks talent. Let's be honest, a lot of these guys up front are not Florida State quality players. They're some of the worst players in the entire conference and Power 5. But that doesn't mean they have to have terrible technique. It doesn't mean they have to not play as a unit. Um, they do look better coached. And I understand what what the new coach is trying to do here uh, because maybe you can get to second and seven. You know, if you use Bill Connolly's success rate, second and seven is not a success, right? That would be a quote-unquote failure. But in this offense, on a percentage basis, that is a, a leaps and bounds better than second and ten, second and twelve. I mean, but, you know, maybe yeah. we're being too optimistic with the second and ten stuff, right? Uh, so definitely something to uh, to look at there, no doubt, uh, and, and something I think that they will continue. Now, as this plays out, as they get more comfortable doing this, if the emphasis is I'd rather you be late coming off your double team, making sure that the that the, the tackle or the, the player you're doubling is secured before you climb off and grab that backer, as opposed to coming off the double team too early and th- and, and you know leaving the guy to handle the the down lineman one on one while you climb to the backer, I get that. It doesn't mean that they will never climb to the backer. Eventually, if this works as you hope, they will climb to the backer, but what he's trying to, what Randy Clements is trying to ingrain in these guys here, from what I saw and from what Baby on Johnson told me, is securing the double team and making sure that you got it and you you have overtaken that that man that you were doubling first before peeling off uh, is the goal. And I think that that they are overemphasizing to drive that point home. Probably like I have overemphasized in this podcast right now. I didn't think I would talk about double teams uh, for six minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, Ingram, maybe save me here. What, what's uh, what's what's next? We got. Uh, we'll make a, uh, an easy an easy segue from uh, from watching some of the deliberateness and intentionality of uh, 
of the guards and their double teams to uh, to one of the true freshmen that really stood out to me. Uh, Dante Lucas looks like he's um, going to be a player. And, and fortunately in these games, um, or perhaps I should say unfortunately first, uh, you get some matchups that you can't take too much out of. You see somebody, you know, blocking a blocking a walk-on's uh, rear end off, as some of my coaches used to refer to it. But uh, there are a couple matchups there where you know the level of player that Lucas is paired up with, and uh, that guy has a, an aggressiveness and a set of physical skills that not many uh, not many offensive linemen who currently receive scholarships at, in Tallahassee do. And uh, I think that that was a, a nice little confirmation of what we heard, and that looks to be a player that uh, is going to be ready to and uh, will be needed to an extent to immediately contribute. There are so many linemen on this team who are just so soft. They just they don't want to hit anybody. They're not aggressive. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, what the hell are y'all doing out there? Dante Lucas is, is not that. It's like he has not been infected with the suck, right, that, that infects a lot, a lot of this, this current offensive line. Um, and he's out there. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to hit somebody. Watch that. Boom. Now, it's not always necessarily the right guy. But, damn, if he doesn't fire off the ball and look to actually hit somebody, it's it's cool to see. And it really does stand out a lot with this offensive line group. Um, I don't know if he starts or not. He doesn't always hit the right guy. Sometimes he he definitely doesn't hit the right guy. But uh, for a true freshman you know, who's, who's only been on campus for uh, – you know, for a couple months and has only gone through one spring practice, I was impressed. Yeah, like you said, we, we pointed out uh, some clips on Twitter where he's one-on-one with Corey Durden, which is what we were looking for this morning because we wanted to find plays of him going against guys who we know are good players. And uh, and, and he, he handled Durden a couple times. It was uh, it was impressive. I, I, I liked what I saw from Dante Lucas for sure, um, but but he wasn't the only, uh, only true freshman who, who showed some encouraging signs. He wasn't the only true freshman, and, and I don't know if Lucas starts either, but I'm pretty confident in saying that I think they're going to find some ways to get him involved. He's done everything they asked for him uh, as far as how he's taken to coaching, and uh, I wouldn't shock me to see him you know, maybe be in a, a, a goal line package or uh, maybe even be used as a, a lead blocker in some wild situations. So just something if, to think about. If, uh, if he doesn't start and he's healthy – I think we have to take that as a positive sign that Very other players sign. are yeah. making big time improvements. Because right now, I think he is probably, uh, I think he's probably, like, I think he was one of your best five in the game yesterday. Now, granted, yeah. Minshew and Dickerson didn't play. Uh, you know, Ryan Roberts, the, the guy out of Northern Illinois, the, the the grad transfer they're getting, he is not on campus yet. But yeah, I, I think it's great. He also showed up in shape. Right, which was something they asked him to do, and we know mm-hmm. he's lost like 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 thirty or thirty five pounds, um, which is you know which is big. We also know uh, that that he has uh, worked on his stance. Right, his stance now looks a lot better than it did uh, in in high school. I I gotta tell you what, man. I I think that uh, that Clements was is given a really bad group of players talent wise overall, and I know we're kind of trailing off here, but. I'm pretty impressed with what he did in just a month with these guys. It's almost as if, and I'm not saying that somebody who's really plugged in told me this yesterday, but I'm not saying they didn't. <laughs> it's almost as if the, the previous guy was like, well, I'm going to have like three years here at least to fix this, and, and these current guys can't play a lick, and so I'm just going to kind of you know, do whatever mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. 
and wait till I get a new group of guys in here. And I think Clements has a very different attitude. Like he knows that, uh, you know, like if they don't get this thing going in a year or two, they're not going to be around. And, there's a, there's uh, an urgency there. Yes. And I think there's an urgency to build confidence, right? Just from people I, you know, it, it was good to get up there and, and, you know, talk to some of your sources and, you know, players and, and coaching and, and, and parents and whatnot. I, I do think that there's a real thing from Randy in, in trying to rebuild this group's confidence some. Not unjustifiably confident, <laughs> mm-hmm. but right. uh, but trying to to celebrate some celebrate some small successes when they occur and and focus on on reasonable, reachable goals. Uh, but uh, you know, one guy who's also uh, doing really well in the freshman ranks, uh, Jaleel McCray, linebacker. Yeah, no, uh, there were no, you know, the only questions on this kid were injuries coming out of high school. The the physical ability was was there and. Um, no, no doubt about it at all. Uh, although the injuries were to an extent, and that it was it was hard to not factor that into the equation. But McCray, uh, whether it be talks of uh, multiple interceptions in uh, in scrimmages or simply uh, <laughs> violent collisions, the likes of which too many of our current linebackers aren't aren't able of uh, taking part in. Uh, one of which we saw yesterday. Uh, McCray looks to be a player, absolutely, and and uh, I I think that's another guy that. Uh, absent injury and uh, absent any kind of a situation leading up to to August or uh, beginning of September, I think that's going to be a kid that uh, is very much in the rotation and somebody that plays meaningful ball immediately. Yeah, I, I think that with Jaleel, you're seeing a guy who is, does not test at an elite level, right, in terms of 40, uh, you know, shuttle time, three-cone, vert, that kind of stuff. Like, he's a good athlete, but he's not freaky. Uh, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just looking at the numbers that, that he put up in high school. Um, I think he was at one point maybe a little more twitchy before the injuries, but he doesn't look too limited out there, which is good. Uh, but he does play faster than he tests, right? We're, we're seeing that so far. Uh, and I also heard about that from from the scrimmages. It's just he he reacts more quickly because he, he sees what's happening with the play, right? And that's uh, that's something we see. We, we see that in baseball. Uh, some and, and some of the the personnel choices being made in baseball are uh, are are sort of different than they used to be because now in baseball they have like TrackMan and, and and the GPS technology uh, to to see okay what's this guy's what's this outfielder's route efficiency mm-hmm. to a ball right what is his reaction time uh, from going you know from from the time the ball is, is is struck to when he starts moving does he take a false step now. We can obviously see the false step and the reaction time on film, um, but you know, it used to be you just if a guy was faster in baseball, he he may get get put out there. Now they can really track you know efficiency and whatnot. We're not quite there yet in football, but with McCray, you can see that he does have a pretty good feel uh, for what the the offense is doing and reacts to it quickly, which is a very encouraging sign considering he is a true freshman. That is a I like when I see that guys get it. Yeah. I don't True know if Jaleel McCray is going to be a superstar, but based on the early returns, I'm pretty confident he can be at least a good player for them. Yeah, he can be a good player. And the skill set that you described there and, and did so very well, um, there's no other position that you you want slash maybe even need somebody to have than linebacker. If you can give me a linebacker uh, with instincts and you can give me a, a linebacker with uh, efficiency to getting to a place, then you can, you've can you got a linebacker that contribute and can can play 
uh, at a high D one level. And that's, uh, that's somebody that they think they have right now in McRae. So, uh, nice to see that kid, uh, kind of emerge and, uh, put together a, a spring that, you know, put himself off on the, on the right path. Uh, next guy, uh, of the enrollees was, uh, was true Thompson, but so what do you take away from the spring period for true? I want to give a shout out to uh, to True. I, I think he was banged up a little bit early in the spring, but I heard some things uh, about him that were good in the scrimmage and uh, the, the second scrimmage. And I also heard, you know, saw not in here. I saw him uh, uh, beat Mike Arnold, who is a projected starter mm. currently. Uh, Excitement about that. I'm not really high on number seventy-two, but uh, good work by True Thompson. Uh, I don't think he's gonna necessarily play a ton this year uh, but uh you know can he can he be a role player uh for them perhaps by next year when they're i would say projected to lose marvin wilson and uh, you hope not Corey durden but hey if he has a huge year then then awesome for him and, and you know maybe they maybe they both go pro uh early uh so if they can get true thompson ready to be a maybe not a starter but a contributor for them somebody who may maybe a lot like the uh Maybe in in fifty five, Fred, you know Fred's role. Uh, maybe in year two, year three, that could be a very encouraging guy who's able to get on the field. So I liked what I saw there. Uh, I also really liked what I saw from Akeem Dent. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that might be a decent football player right there. Um, if you are a uh, if you're a, a veteran player in the secondary and your name is not Stanford Samuels and your name is not Asante Samuel, you're on notice. Because Akeem Dent's going to take somebody's spot, I think. I I do too. And there's one name there that you didn't mention that I'd be quite concerned for. For uh, well, I won't reiterate what you said, but what Bud didn't omit any names there. I'll put it that way. Uh, Everybody else, I, well, except Jaden. I mean, he's not going to take Jaden's spot. So right, uh, Jaden. Yeah, Jaden keeps kind of bouncing back and forth to where uh, it's hard to exactly identify. Uh, what position would come and take his. But, uh, yeah, Dent is a, an absolute player, a guy that is just a, a little bit of a different different athlete and uh, has the ability to make really big plays for you from your secondary. And at this point, I would I would be almost shocked if he's not a day one starter. He's going to be a good player for them. I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, Jay Williams, who is not a true freshman, but he was an early enrollee, so we're including him in this group. Um I don't really have any new comments about that. I'm not trying to be overly negative here. If you want to hear my opinion on that, uh, I already admitted I think I, met, I missed on that evaluation, and uh, and I don't think he's going to be a contributor for them, at least not this year. And uh, the final one is, and unless you have more comments about Jay Williams, I, I think we can move no, on to Woody. We can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought Woody did okay. Um, it was good to see him back there. Now he was on. He was on the gold team secondary, so at one point the goal, like if you guys saw, there was a lot of uh, a lot of passes completed over the middle, or at least guys open. They weren't always completed over the middle. Um, for a lot of the game, it was two freshman safeties in Woody and Dent, I think, right on the gold team. I'm trying to let me grab the roster here. Woody is 31. Yeah. Okay, so Woody was 31. Um, you had two freshman safeties. You had Jaleel McCray, and then you also had uh, Armani Kerr, who was at 48, um, who was who was in there as well. So for a lot of the game, you had uh, a walk-on linebacker and then three true freshmen 
manning the middle of the field, which would explain some uh, of why there were a lot of wide open passes over the middle. But still, I think that was a pretty encouraging group for, for what they did overall. One of the uh, topic to chores yesterday from people that we spoke with at Madison Social or just kind of the general inquiry of, uh, of the fan base was uh, how much of this 3-4 might we actually see? And is that something that we're seriously tinkering with? Um, what what that you saw yesterday would, would lead you to believe as to what type of, uh, <clears throat> you know, what type of, uh, of role the 3-4 may have and, and how the defense may use it from a personnel perspective? Uh, I think that we we definitely saw some three four. We also saw some some two four uh, nickel look, which has similar rules to 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 your your forty two look um, when you're in the nickel. Uh, the one thing I'll, I'll say here is that I do not think they went all out in terms. I mean, I don't think I know they didn't go all out in terms of their blitzing and their pressure packages. That's something I think it is smart, which to, yeah, to save for. Uh, for Boise, uh, but it's also important to remember when evaluating the offensive line. I think there's kind of, I think there's multiple benefits to this. Number one, there's stuff you want to hold back. Number two, uh, you also want to put a product on there that does not make the fans completely depressed. <laughs> From what I was told in the second scrimmage, they did not hold back. And the offense looked like a disaster. They just couldn't block them at all. So keep in mind, the spring game is a bit of a production. I'm not saying there was no blitz pickup needed on uh, yesterday, but there was some intentionality to how they called the defense, I think, to allow guys to work on their coverage and perhaps allow the offense a little bit of time to work. Uh, I, I'm... I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying, look, that's there's there's some purpose to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You're never gonna if if you are making a transition to something like that, you're never gonna tip your hand too much in the spring as far as what you have a uh, blitz packages and uh, personnel, how you may use them. And uh, you're right. No, no need to necessarily put a put a fan base or a position group that's already uh, had a, a decent amount of. Uh, of uh, stress and anxiety uh, and go ahead and concern those that are already permanently concerned about our offensive line uh, all the further. One of the broader topics of conversation that we had prior to the spring is uh, the idea that, you know, maybe we're really out there looking for a second wide receiver to emerge. Obviously, uh, Terry is your number one and uh, a lot of talk as to who that might be. I think we focused on, you know, some of the uh, the larger guys, it's not as though we didn't talk about Helton at all, but from a statistics perspective, uh, quite the quite the performance for a guy who had, what, almost 160 yards on eight catches. So even my uh, limited math would tell you that when you're when you're reeling in 20 yards a catch, that's a that's a pretty impressive spring game. There's there's no doubt about it. He got he got that much. Nice. Yeah, I think excellent. he's I think. Uh, oh, he had the 72 yards. Had him at 157 yards. Something like that. Perfect. Um, on uh, on eight targets. So uh, yeah. every time they targeted him, he caught the ball, which is uh, which which is encouraging. Um, that's uh, Inger, my math says that's nineteen point six yards per target as well. That's, and I, I was able to do that because you don't have to change the math at all. It's the same as the yards <laughs> per catch. Um, you are you are indeed the bright man that I thought you were, bud. Absolutely. Um, 
so I think that like obviously we know Florida State has a stud in, in, in Tamar and Terry. And uh, I'm very encouraged by what they have at the slot receiver position with DJ, who I heard had an excellent spring. And in fact, Coach Taggart actually said that. He said, I'm, I'm getting commitment from DJ mm-hmm. that I didn't get last year. And, uh, and it's a noticeable change. And I'm also seeing him emerge as a leader. So that was good. And like you said, Helton, who seems to do all the little things right, and, and it's just a winning football player. Uh, they're going to be good in, in the slot. When they want to go four wide, I think those those two – will be your two slots. Did you come away from this game feeling like anybody had truly emerged as as like the the other outside receiver? Uh truly emerged, no. Uh I I still I kind of cons- uh, I don't know if concern is the right word. I just want to make sure that we get what's possible out of Harrison. Like that that kid's got the potential to be a very special athlete as as do a lot of these wide receivers we talked about. Um, and, and it's not as though, uh, I was able to learn anything that I didn't, but it was really happy about the, the day that Jordan Young had as well. Kid, you don't want to get caught up in stats and, and productions, but for that kid to get a, uh, four, four catches, uh, 70 yards and a touchdown, that's a, that's a nice day. And a, a player that, uh, again, has, has all the potential in the world. I, I totally agree with you on that. I, Seeing him line up in the slot a lot, uh, I'm not questioning what they're doing. I, I know they have a plan on this. I do wonder uh, how much he will be able to play in the slot because they have um, DJ and and Helton, who seem to, to do really well in that role. Maybe they'll find some, some rest for him there. Uh, he may be the heir apparent in 2020 to, to Terry's spot mm-hmm. because I, mean, I think we all know that Terry's going to be gone to the league, assuming he has a good year again. I would say Jordan Young, Oren Thompson, uh, Pookie Wilson, a couple other guys, I think they all showed pretty well on the outside, but nobody really had that standout performance that makes me say, okay, they're definitely going to be the outside guy. Uh, I do think they want to find somebody. Not that that guy will play exclusively, but you do want to find you do want to foster that competition and, and hopefully have somebody come out on top of that. Uh, so that was some somewhat encouraging, but but I kind of hoped that somebody would really show, hey, this is my job, I'm I'm taking this. So that was that was good, but everybody kind of flashed and, and showed some of their talents there. Um, those were the main questions we had for, uh, uh, I think for for the spring game. Um, you want to just kind of run down like some additional notes we had on the positions? Yeah, real quickly, we'll just uh, bounce about and give a couple ideas that weren't necessarily um, surrounding the questions. At quarterback, Blackman had a nice day. Um, some balls that, you know, could have been a little bit better aesthetically thrown. Um, and a guy who kind of surprisingly seemed to handle, have a hard time handling some snaps that as a positive, Hey, let's do uh, note that uh, baby on Johnson seemed to have a, a pretty solid amount of consistency with his snaps um, on target. He didn't have anything sale over Blackman, which is an incredible accomplishment in the first place. Uh, but something that we've been able to do and nothing that was uh, necessarily dribbling back to him on the ground either. So I um, uh, want to point that out. Uh, Blackman had a nice day, not a great day. I would it kind of had the day that maybe I would expect from him. Yeah, I, I 
again, I don't want to judge based on one spring game. If Blackman's reads are at the same speed that he made them in this game, I think that's a bit of a limiting factor for what this team could be in this year. Of course, I think he will improve uh, with those as his comfort grows. Like that's something that I, I think will uh, will will continue to grow. It, it's not like a necessarily a talent. There there is some uh, there is some skills growth that could come from more experience in the system there, but uh, was mostly on target with his throws through several deep balls that hit the receivers in stride. I really like the slot choice to Helton there where, where he pumped it and had the safety come up and, uh, and, and I was talking to Helton and he was like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was really excited because I, I didn't know he pumped it obviously, but, but I, I knew based on what the safety did that what my read was, um, and, uh, and and it was able to hit hit Helton there in stride. He also threw a nice ball to Terry and hit him in stride and had a couple others. Uh, but I, I don't know that he's going to – just watching just from this game and, and from what I heard in, in practice, I don't know that he's like on the verge of superstar or anything like that. Um, one guy who showed a lot better than he has in spring practices and uh, especially the videos that came out of spring practice is Jordan Travis. Travis had a, a nice day, nothing that was um, stunning for him, but I think he was uh, 22 or 28 on the day. A guy who just stood out as a as a legitimate scholarship quarterback. And uh, I know people got a little enamored with uh, McDonald, McDonald at points uh, previously. Uh, Travis is a – I mean, you see why uh, Bobby Petrino offered that kid a scholarship. Um, again, nothing that blows you away, nothing that makes you think he's going to be a – uh, a second round pick in the league or anything like that, but a, a nice day. And, you know, hopefully that kid will get some kind of resolution as to his, his status, but uh, a nice little confirmation as to what you have as a, as a second scholarship quarterback right now. I agree. And, and you hope that he gets his waiver. Maybe once the NCAA sees that he's actually good, uh, they'll, they'll reject it <laughs> uh, quickly. I, maybe not good. I, I don't want to go overboard, but like, he's not terrible. I think a lot of it's people a capable like, oh, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, people were like, oh, this kid totally sucks based on what they had seen in spring. But he hadn't played in like a year because, remember, he left Louisville. Uh, it's not entirely surprising that uh, that he had some rust to, to shake off. But I, I was encouraged by what I saw there for sure. At running back, something else that was really encouraging, how cool was it to see, see Laybourne back? Man, I did not – we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, maybe it was six weeks ago. I – at the time, I didn't think the plan for him was to fully come back and see full contact and everything else. It was it was great to see. Um, had a nice little had the one uh, what eighteen twenty yarder uh, where you where you kind of saw some of the flash of LeBourne. Um He's not looks like he's still got a little rust uh, as you as you mentioned previously, um, and a guy that's still got a little bit of work to do. But great to see him come back as a as an explosive player uh, as you had. Last year, and certainly had uh, gave you one of the one of the few highlights that was either available from that game or maybe even the season uh, in a broader perspective with that uh, one run after the catch in the Virginia Tech game. So a lot to be excited about uh, a kid who's taking his rehab real seriously uh, from all accounts, and a, a guy who I think has uh, placed himself back on track to be be ready to to come back from an injury as as successful as he possibly could have. No doubt, he's definitely not 100, percent but. Uh... Um, cool to see him out there, man. That was that was awesome. Uh, Cam yep. Akers uh, looks to be in great shape. And, looks like uh, he's been doing some push-ups and uh, has has remained the the physical specimen that Cam Akers uh, that that we've known him to be. 
Not that you need me to tell you this because you got y'all have HD at home. I assume on, on your TVs, most Nolcast listeners probably have, probably have HD TVs. But uh, I saw him in person walking through the tunnel. That dude is ripped. So he looks um, like he he would he'd be able to go into some kind of a some kind of combat sport of uh, some type, whether it be uh, football or mixed martial arts or anything else. Maybe Acres he's doing is keto. A, is a ridiculous specimen. Yeah, whatever he's doing, probably supplemented by world-class genetics but whatever he's doing is uh is working out quite well for him this this is very true um but can, can we just say that that anthony grant is a winning football player like i i, I don't like that term because it's too nebulous sometimes but when i say it, i kind of mean like okay he's maybe not a freakish athlete but he's really kind of no nonsense and he does the little things very well if you go back and look at the first touchdown to terry it's grant who has an excellent blitz pickup Mm-hmm. That, that gives Blackman the time to throw that ball. He knows what holes to hit. He doesn't dance too much. He's just – he's kind of those guys like, all right, yeah, fine, you, you, whatever. And then you look at it and he's like, okay, he's got like three or four key blocks. He doesn't make big-time mistakes. He usually knows his assignment, and he, he picks up yards when you give him the ball. He's just not super flashy, but he's, he's a good guy uh, to have on your football team. So if he's your number three back, and right now he'd be the number two, I, I'm pretty sure, because it doesn't look like Laborn, or LeBourne has his burst back. Not yet. I, I assume it'll come. Um, he's he's a good football player to have on, on this team. Uh, by the way, can, can we have a quick? This is a surprise, so Ingram does not know this is coming. I was on Twitter to to look for something because I wanted to bring it up, but um, the town of Ridgefield, Connecticut, posted this. Uh, have you seen this? No, I'm okay, not sure. What this came out like to. like like maybe an hour ago. There's been an incident in town that we want to make citizens aware of. A RHS, which I guess is Ridgefield High School, baseball game at Governor Park was delayed due to weather conditions on the field this morning. A poor decision was made, parentheses, and being looked into by the RPD to, quote, dry the field quicker and 24 gallons of gasoline was poured and set on fire. (laughs) Yes. There's video, by the way. Thanks to the RFD, Peter Hill, the director of public works, deep uh, which I guess is the Department of Environmental Protection, maybe, uh, I think. The R- RPD and our certified spill response team for their credible help. No one was injured and no one was in danger. The plan is to, to excavate the field, <laughs> place dirt in the same container, and add fresh clean soil to the field. We'll update you as soon as you know more. And there is definitely a video, or at least still photos, of the field on fire. Um Poor decision indeed. Well, Which, well phrased there. Hilarious. I feel like like we should maybe uh, use that for Florida State's twenty eight season tapes. Um, oh, bad uh, Let's talk receivers. We already did quite a bit, so let's just talk tight ends. Um, Trey McKitty. I like how they used it. Number one, he was aggressive in his blocking. It seems like Trey is a willing blocker. He wants to block. Number two, I, I don't think Trey tracks the ball real well. Right? Like if you watched him last year. Some of his drops, it seemed like he did not pick up the ball real well, and it got on him quicker than Mm -hmm. he anticipated, you know? Um, Did you see them throw any passes to to Trey McKitty that were, like, of the the variety where he had to turn around and the ball was immediately on him? No, not not a one. I didn't either. I wonder if that if that there's some purpose to that. This is sort of the advantage, and I know Kendall Browse and all all coaches say they don't go back and watch last year's tape, and that is, of course – uh, completely not true. They all go back and watch the tape because they want to see uh, 
things that they should correct, things that uh, they have to emphasize in their teaching, and perhaps skills of players that they know they can build upon. Well, if you went back and watched last year's tape, one thing was that McKitty would, like, like I just said, he kind of struggled at times when the ball got on him fast. Everything they threw to him was either deep or uh, like a, a, a swing screen type thing or, or some type of little screen, little thing out there in the flats. He's a pretty good athlete, and he was a willing blocker. That was good. Uh, Cam McDonald, not as into the blocking, it doesn't seem, uh, yet. Maybe that will come, but he does do a nice job uh, when he catches the ball. Has to hold on to it, of course. Um, we already praised the slots. Uh, you got anything else on tight ends? No, not much else. Uh, I think we've done a decent job covering them. Okay. Uh, offensive line, like I said, I think the technique is better. I mean, even if the talent is not better, the, the technique does look a little bit cleaner. We talked about the double teams. We talked about Dante Lucas. And I think we also discussed Max Protect. That, that's mostly my notes there. Um, if they can find a way to where... trying to think here are you giving up on being <laughs> below be average fun. just trying to get to bad well yeah i do think that if you can get to bad that would be a success if they can find a way to where 72 75 and 73 don't play i'd feel pretty okay as long as they could turn injuries off and stay healthy for the whole year which is also not totally realistic um, I will give credit though, Abdul Bello, he's clearly not the same athlete that he was coming out of high school. We know he's had multiple injuries that, that have hampered him. He's taken to the coaching some, it does seem like his technique is better. He, when he was beaten yesterday, it did seem to me just based on this morning's rewatch and my in-person watching, and I would have to probably go back and watch again to make sure I'm totally right on this, but it looked like he was beaten physically when he, when, when he was defeated, uh, as opposed to. Uh, just terrible technique, not knowing what to do type thing. So good for him uh, sticking with it and uh, and, and trying to improve. Um, defense. First, we have to start with Robert Cooper's dancing. <laughs> yeah, old Coop. Old Coop uh, gets it swinging pretty good. He seems to be enjoying himself and uh, kind of the reshaping of his body that he's done. I got to say, Robert Cooper's dancing and uh, – Marvin Wilson's ability to uh, kind of conduct the orchestra there while the fight songs being played were were two things that really stood out to me from the defense. Yeah, and uh, also Matt Thompson. Uh, yeah, it's a shameless plug. Matt's uh, uh, one of our sponsors, but seriously, we we may want to consider building a statue for that guy. Uh, being able to actually eradicate what what out of the fight song, I was I was blown away. Didn't hear didn't hear nary a one from the uh, the players there as they joined in. And in uh, kind of the the song there at the end of the game has has become but of a a little bit of a tradition. So absolutely, hats off to you, Matt. So that was uh, that was very encouraging. I did talk to Cooper about his dancing after the game, and uh, you know everybody on Twitter was very like they were, they were in love with your sack dance. He's like, oh, I, you haven't even seen the sack dance yet. And I said, well, what what, what do you call this one? He goes, so this is we're going to call this the uh, the appetizer. When you really see me eat my sack dance, it's going to be called the main course. <laughs> so. I hope Robert Cooper becomes like a two-time All-American and wins uh, Defensive Player of the Year at some point or something like that. I don't know that there's a, uh, a 
I don't know, easy to root for or what, but I personally find him to be hilarious. He's, he's a fun giant to watch. tackle, and he's so much fun to watch. He looks so like there's two dudes watch. stuffed into one jersey. Like, <laughs> like, like I, you know, if, if you watch it from way on high in the press box or go up to the roof like I like to do, it does kind of look like, uh, I mean, he's huge. Now, he's lost some weight, and he, he's in much better shape now um, than he was, and he has you know some more to go uh, as well. But, man, he's fun. Like, he, he has fun out there. He's dancing after every good play, but not so much that it, like, impedes his ability to get lined up, which is, you know, a good thing to do. Good thing, yeah. Um, you know, uh, that was uh, that was good. Um, if you recall, in 2017, uh, Jimbo's last year, we did allow a pass play um, when uh, two of our defensive backs were literally dancing and not lined up after a successful stop. So that was bad. Um, what else? Oh, other uh, thing from the defense, some of the little bit more complexity in the back. Uh, I don't know, maybe not complexity, but different coverages, uh, more of what's being asked of, of the back end of the defense. I think that uh, there's a lot more. Yeah, they're, they're playing a greater variety of coverages. You're seeing, I mean, they're still going to primarily be a, a mofo team. And I, I'm not cussing there. Uh, that, that means middle of field open, right? As opposed to middle of field close. So two and four, uh, as opposed to uh, one and three. You know, cover one, cover three, is, you know, as opposed to two and four. But they are playing some ones and three. I talked to Cyrus Fagan about it. He said there, there's no doubt it's been an emphasis uh, of, of the spring. They have to do a better job confusing opponents so opponents don't know what they're in. And uh, that's encouraging, I, I think, at times last year. That was an issue t- towards the end of the season, not not really so much at the beginning. And uh, and Fagan talked about how it's important to be confident in, in, in his reads. By the way, I think he had a pretty nice game, and that's a guy that really had a down 2018. We, mm-hmm. we had reports that he was kind of soft, that he didn't want to tackle. Uh, he had injuries at times and, uh, and really didn't make an impact at all last year. Uh, but... Uh, he had a nice game. If they get something out of Cyrus Fagan, who was a very high-level recruit and, and certainly has athleticism, that could be a good sign. Any uh, Anything else we want to talk about the defense? I feel like we might have... Uh... Um, Leonard Warner, I thought, uh, had had some nice play off the edge. Josh Brown had a nice play off the edge. Josh think... Brown, great, great to be able to get anything from Josh Brown. This is a little bit of a mystery for me, a guy that I really thought was uh, going to contribute. I don't know that he's necessarily done a whole lot wrong uh he's not somebody that's uh been necessarily a thorn in the side of the school the administration or anything else it just never has really come together so it'd be great to see if he was uh able to make a series of meaningful contributions here as his time starts to wind down you know i, I do wonder if he's kind of playing with uh with with greater purpose right um, mm-hmm. than he did before and, and some for some guys that's just knowing your your, your time on campus is running out uh, you know for others and maybe for Josh here, it, it's playing a position that is a little more in line with what he played in high school. I remember we talked at the time, Florida State staff, uh, you know, their their coaching staff at the time, um, believed that he could be more of a uh, you know inside backer type, a guy who could actually play more of a traditional linebacker spot. Whereas, uh, you know, a lot of folks thought he was more of of an edge rusher type, and, and that does seem like like they're going back now more to what he was in high school. I'm not saying he's going to be a star or even a starter, um, but 
maybe he can be a contributor on this team uh, on the field, and that, that would be a positive sign. Um, Marvin Wilson's still a beast, like you said. Uh, better linebacker depth this year than last year, especially if Emmett Rice comes back healthy and is able to play. I heard he had some, he had some nice flashes in the spring when he was healthy. In the secondary, man, I'm very interested to see how this shakes out because if Fagan's back in the mix and Dent keeps improving, and I'm pretty sure pretty sure your starters at corner are going to be Samuel and uh, um, Samuels and, and Sam. Yeah, excuse me. I, I, right. Yes, <laughs> Samuel and Samuels. That's not going to be annoying this year on the podcast at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, Samuel, I, I try to try to go Samuel Junior. Samuels the third helps somewhat too delineate those two but yeah it's a it's a little tricky you got two senior db or two you know yeah they're both seniors you got two senior dbs and kyle myers and levante taylor are they gonna start i don't know that's probably a question TBD. we'll have to leave you yeah. with yeah yeah uh, but it's, it's, it's really i mean that's what gonna we were pushed. alluding to with dent earlier it's uh it's gonna be a, a fun fight to watch play out because Greg Dent or Greg Dent, damn it! <laughs> oh, we almost made a whole show. We almost Akeem. We almost <laughs> Akeem Dent. Oh man, uh, that's going to take a while. Akeem Dent is is coming for somebody's position, and uh, good luck, good luck keeping him from from your spot if you're you're one of those two guys. Exactly. So, with that, uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Louisiana Hot Sauce, Madison Social, Resolution Home Loans, and uh, we'll have this up. We also, uh, our podcast producer today is not available, so I'm going to edit this one. So if it sounds a little bit worse than normal, uh, that's on me. But we wanted to get it to y'all uh, before lunchtime. So hope I hope you enjoy it. Five stars on iTunes if you do. Uh, we had several of y'all say that you uh, take your, your wife's phone or your husband's phone, depending uh, on who listens and who does not, and also give us five, five stars on their phone. I think the natural extension of that, by the way, is if you have kids, who have iPhones, uh, you should also five-star us on, on their phones. That is an excellent call. So uh, very much appreciate all of the stars. Great time seeing everybody. Uh, just a blessing that we've been able to do this for as long as we have and look forward to uh, going through these summer months and, and leading uh, the kind of days and weeks that lead up uh, to starting the year with Boise. Peace.